The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Roughned Odor fan. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I mean, this is baseball season started, man. We're in the shit. We are fully in, in the shit. I mean, it feels so weird to have, like, I know we had the 60 games last year. It felt different. I think we all admitted it felt different. But, like, I feel I have appointment television every day again. It's great. Life structure is back. And it was weird heading out of opening day. It was, like, the first time in a while that I'd been to a game and didn't really care as much about the result because I'm like, oh, we got 161 more. Whereas last year, we, you know, you lose game one. You're like, fuck, there's only 59 more. Yeah, uh, which, you know, was a little exciting, but I mean, you went, so you went to opening day. I did not go to opening day. When it came down to it, I was a bitch. I did not pull the trigger. <laughs> I had some other stuff going on where it would have been, I would have had to leave that game early. And so that would have been worse. That ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been worse. That's what it came down to. I started doing the math. And due to another obligation, I would have had to leave the game early. And okay, also losing that game, I mean, I would have probably just took the car right into the median. It was brutal. The the seventh inning at bat where Judge came up, bases loaded, one out. And let me tell you something. The 10,000 people that were there, we were making noise. Like it felt like 30,000 or so. But when he hit into that double play, it was like the air was just let out of the building. Absolutely brutal. All you need is a sack fly blue pit even a strikeout would have been better and and he hits into two outs i mean that that was awful and then the ninth inning sucked as well i think they were maybe 0 for 13 with runners in scoring position it was definitely tough to sit through baseball wise so let's can you give us like an idea like what was it like for like as a fan just going you know there was a lot of like skepticism what's it going to be like getting in the stadium how easy is it going to be how hard is it going to be what's the what's it like you know at the bars like can you take us through what that day is like? Yeah, absolutely. So I could start with the night before. I probably slept for a total of maybe two or three hours. I mean, I didn't re- didn't really sleep at all. We got a 7 a.m. Amtrak. We went up there. We went to a nice little diner by Penn Station called Johnny's Luncheonette. Had a nice little breakfast. Probably got to Billy's maybe 10, 15. Did you sit down in a diner to eat? We sat down in a diner. Is that eat. your first time indoor dining since this whole thing stopped? Other than Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. But basically, it felt like, I mean, yeah, it first time in, first time in three months. It was weird walking into Billy's and seeing only tables 
and seeing nobody like standing up and milling around like that was a little bit surreal. It looked kind of classy. It looked like a nice cocktail hour. It was it was almost too too organized and the security getting in was very legit. So they did a temperature check at Billy's on the wrist and then after you hand them your ID, they make you hold out your hands and they literally spray you with sanitizer before you can walk in. Um and then and then you go and get seated. So wait, I've never heard of a wrist temperature. Yeah, the Yankee Stadium people and the Billy's people took it on the wrist, the temperature, yeah. Huh, I wonder how like on edge that put people because, you know, you're wearing long sleeves. Like I think when and you I get to that man, I was a little worried. I, you know I run hot. You get to that point and you're just like if this goes wrong, I am fucked. You know, like I'm here from Philly and my temperature is going to be 99.4, whatever their their limit is. Um, but, yeah, hung out, hung out in Billy's uh, maybe till about 11, 1130. Then we headed to the gate and I really thought they were going to be really serious about checking the covid test. Like they said they were going to check to make sure the ID matches up with the covid test. But they barely glanced at my negative test on the phone like they weren't checking that. Yeah. Hard. And so one thing I will say is that while you were in Billy's. You posted, you tweeted a picture of Billy's. At the end of our regular Yankee baseball talk, I am going to tell you why that picture set my world on fire for the entire day in one of, I, I think it's the wildest thing that ever happened to me. It's not the, the dog. It's wilder than that. Though I've only told this story publicly one other time and a thousand people paid $12 to hear it. And I'm going to tell that for free at the end of this story. It sounds like an infomercial, um, but I'm not going to, you know, derail baseball talk until the end. But it's it's worth it. Stick around. I'm so, mentally blocking off ten minutes for the end. You may need more. So, um, <laughs> so getting into the stadium, breeze, breeze. Did you right see anyone it. who who got to that point and they were like, no, 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 or anyone complaining outside? No, no issues really. So one funny thing is we brought a couple fireball shooters. Um, and we're, you know, we're getting ready to go in and I'm like, all right, I'm going to take mine. Like, Jamie, you want to take yours? And she's like, no, there's cops everywhere. I'm like, Jamie, they're looking for bombs and terrorists. They're not looking for us <laughs> taking fireball shooters. And she didn't want to take it. I just took it right in front of him. I'm like, Jamie, they're not looking for this. I promise you. Um, but no, no, they, right they'd get mad if you didn't have an extra one. Like, that's yeah. it. We got to shift the rest of the day here. Everyone was really spaced out. It, you know, every, but you basically had a whole row to yourself if you think about it. It's basically four people per row of like 20 people. You know, you have two people in like seats one and two and then maybe two more people in seats like 17 and 18 in a row, something like that. So plenty of room. Maybe every other concession was open. Maybe every other bathroom was open. But, I mean, it was kind of nice being able to spread out and, and get comfortable where you're used to really uh, being kind of cramped in there. Was moving about the stadium like pretty easy? I mean, it looks like based on what I've seen, people just walking around. I was worried there was going to be, you know, if you're in section 205, you have no reason to be by the left field foul pole kind of thing. Yeah, it was really, it was really easy to move around. Some areas were blocked off actually. So if, if an area was blocked off and you needed to get through, you just grab like a security guard and, and they would let you through. Okay. Um, but it seemed like they really had their shit together in terms of the spacing and the concessions. I was worried that there'd only be like one concession open per level and there'd be a long line for it type of thing, but they had enough open. Um, and yeah, the stadium, everything went off, went really smoothly. It's just the game itself that, that sucked. Yeah, not ideal, not ideal to lose an extra innings. It's, I mean, you know about it, but you kind of forget about it until you get slapped in the face with a runner on second, day one. <laughs> and you just look at like, there's no universal DH and this is the shit we're dealing with. It, it was brutal. And there's a moment for us because we travel for these games where it was, you know, it's bottom of the ninth, judges up, winning runs on third. And it's like, if he gets a base hit, I'm going to have a great train ride home and I'm going to have a great night. And if he strikes out, I'm going to have a miserable train ride home and a miserable night. And just knowing that the rest of your night hangs in the balance of one at bat, it makes it even more stressful than normally watching a game. And it's tough when that one at bat is Aaron Judges in the ninth inning. Yeah, whiffing, whiffing hard. I mean, they all, they all suck. Yeah. And I feel like all of these, all of these Yankee losses are the same. They, they, they get a million guys on, they hit, you know, a solo homer or two, and they just, they just need one hit with runners in scoring position. And instead of getting one, they get zero. Like it felt like an extension of the ALDS almost. 
Yeah, it's that um, like that just lost feeling of just there's nothing, like no good is going to come of this. And you know, I, I was trying. You know, I'm watching. I'm trying to be positive, and it was just like once once DJ didn't get it done. I was like, this doesn't feel great. But then you're hope you're hopeful for a new season, a new Aaron, and you know, who has no career walk offs. You know, we're just you know kind of hoping for the best. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, a, it's a tough, an opening day loss is always tough. An opening day loss when you don't have Amtrak tickets home is tough. <laughs> yes. That, you know, so, I mean, you know, we mix it in normally at the end, but you got your shamrock shake thanks to that stopover in Trenton. In the most unlucky. Ever so we get back we get back to Trenton and Jamie's just starving you know she's like we got to eat and I'm like well there's one restaurant here and it's the Trenton Transit Center McDonald's so we go in and obviously it's April 1st so technically Shamrock season's over so my expectations are lower than low but just for shits I'm like do you guys have Shamrock shakes and he's like oh yeah we got them they they brought it right out and had it had it there and honestly that was probably the only thing that could really salvage the day. At that point, but yeah, I had a McDouble fries and a Shamrock shake. Really, I mean, talk about getting it in in like the bottom of the 12th inning. Like it really couldn't have gotten any closer in terms of getting the Shamrock shake in season. You really treat this um, April 1st like McDonald's is like, we just can't. We we couldn't do it again. I don't think that's a hard rule. I've been burned too many times. And, dude, half the time they don't even have it in season. So my expectations when you get to April are, are even lower. I, I was shocked. Yeah. So, I mean, tough opening day. I'm kind of glad I wasn't there. Nah, I don't blame you. And it was it was tough overall, but one bright spot you know, from the first two games was Gary Sanchez. And this is a guy that we know needed to get off to a hot start, probably the most maligned position player last year. He hits a two-run homer opening day, and then he homers game two. Uh, really, really good to see to get two bombs kind of right off the bat from Gary. He got the two bombs. He threw a guy out because, you know, when he first came up, it was all, you know, it was the bat, but like his arm. And I feel like, you know, he dealt with arm problems and maybe his arm wasn't, you know, it hasn't been what it once was. Um, but he also has a lot of other shit going on that, you know, maybe he's getting back in his own group. Now, he's got two home runs. He's batting 200. To a certain extent, though, if he hits 81 home runs and bats 200, I'm okay with that. Exactly. And I think we're both on the record saying that we'd be fine if he hits 230 with 35 bombs, you know, out of the seven hole or the eight hole. To me, that's fine. Yeah. For a catcher, because that's the thing. You have to keep it relative. Like for a catcher, yeah, that's, you know, that's more than doable. And so it, you know, it looks like he, you know, he's maybe back. It's still early in the season. The same way like you can't say he's back. Um, if at any point you say that, you know, Aaron Hicks career is, you know, isn't over, you know, it's the same thing. So you got to give him like you got to give him some time, but I like what I see. It's interesting because we're recording this before the game on Tuesday that um, he's not catching Cole, and I I get it. He's caught every game. You got to give a guy you know a guy needs a day off, but I don't think it's a coincidence of when the day off is. See, I see. I think people are reading too much into it. I mean, there's been there's been four games. He was I don't think he was going to catch the first five games regardless. You know, he caught the first four. I just think it makes sense. If you're going to give him a day, let, let Higgy catch Cole. And, and look, if Higgy, or if Cole throws seven shutout tonight, you know, there's going to be some chirping. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's like, oh, Gary can never catch Cole, but if he was going to, you know, miss a, a start, it was going to be that one. It opens up the, it opens up the conversation for sure. And that we kind of expected. One thing I don't think anybody expected. Why the fuck is Brett Gardner batting third tonight? You have a lineup. He bats left. Carlos. Dog, you have Stanton, you have Torres, you have Rochella, you have Clint, and you're batting 38 year old Brett Gardner in the three hole. Mind boggling. I mean, listen, I'm a lefty. I could be in there before Clint Frazier too. (laughs) You probably would. I think you would. I saw someone tweet what I thought was very funny that, um, I hope one day to hate someone as much as the Yankees hate Clint Frazier. <laughs> you know, just I need that that visceral hatred that they clearly have for him. And, I mean, I don't know how many other teams are batting their 
37-year-old fourth outfielder third, like the first opportunity in. You know, he was not with a contract into spring training for a reason. Now, he's obviously going to go deep tonight. I think every Yankee fan knows he's going to go deep. But 318-foot porch job. Which, like, I'll take. But it might be like one for five with that home run. Yeah, and I think this is the reason that so many Yankee fans didn't want Guardy back. Like, I think there were a lot of Yankee fans that are like, you know, it's fine to have him back as a reserve outfielder, hit ninth twice a week. But I think the reason some people didn't want him back is nobody wants to see him hitting third ever. And they just, they have this weird thing with the lefties and and it's gotten to be obsessive at this point. They do it with Hicks. They're doing it with Gardner now. It's just the way it is. But man, it is really stupid. And I tweeted the other day that batting Hicks between Judge and Stan is like giving the opposing pitcher a chaser between two shots of Everclear. Like you are giving the pitcher a break when you put a guy like that between Judge and Stan. Have you ever done two shots of Everclear back to back? No, but I've watched people do water appreciation. I don't know what that is. I'm just saying the way you said two shots of Everclear, it sounded like a place of experience. What is water appreciation? Water appreciation is if you, now there's a hundred, you know, one ounce clear liquid, you know, one ounce shots. Okay. 30, 33 of them are water. 33 of them are vodka. 33 of them are ever clear. And basically a, gr- a group of 15 guys, generally a pledge class. I think this is somebody 15, 20 guys. They have to finish all a hundred of them and you don't know what you're going to get. So they all look the same. And then you basically get to watch the reactions. It's, it's pretty fun, actually fun to watch. I mean, that's like on per, I think we've all. You know, anyone who partied in college or, you know, after college has woken up on a coffee table and you know, walking up, woken up on a couch, grabbed a bottle of water, and it's not water. Yes. That's like, that's kind of what I'm thinking there. So this is what you used to make your pledges do this? Is this what you're yeah, telling yeah, us? Yeah, 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 yeah. We used to make ours drink out of a metal pot that was beast ice, and that's just the oh. worst. The Wait, what worst. is beast ice? Milwaukee's best ice. Oh, God. It's like drinking glass. And then you put it in a pot that probably like we probably made pasta in the night before and didn't wash. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's one. There are a bunch of uh, a bunch of things that we did, but yeah, that was definitely one of them. Um, here's my question, and I get it. Brett Gardner's the you know he's a veteran, yada yada yada. If Mike Talkman and his control was so important, <laughs> why isn't he? Why isn't he getting the spot? You know? Good question. And, you know, a lot of people like his defensive metrics. A lot of the nerds say he's a better defender than Guardy anyway. So that would, you know, he could play center field. I guess tonight's Hicks night off. And look, they're going to give everybody, they're just going to give everybody rest days. Like nobody is playing 150 games for this team. Like it, it's maybe Glaber. Glaber might. Glaber seems like a they guy. They pulled Glaber in the eighth yesterday to get him off his feet. The man's 24 years old. It, it's a joke. Got to get him off his feet. I want and the weird thing about the all our like bad excuses like that is I haven't seen anything that says uh, like in the NBA they track their footsteps, like how many steps they take. So when they look at like LeBron James, at, like in a season, they know how many steps he has taken, and so if he's pacing above like what he should be, then they find those extra things. I'd be so curious about like the baseball ones like what those metrics would be if they did it because one would be dramatically less than like a basketball player. Um, and I think it would just show how foolish like some of this is. And I get it if you got a veteran player or like a star, but when you're talking about a 24 year old, I don't think he needs to get off his feet. Dude, I've actually thought about this and I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it because like Boone will play Aaron Judge on the last Sunday of the season when everything's clinched up, you know, on turf in a completely meaningless game. And then he will sit him on like a Friday night game against the Astros. Like there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason for when they give the guys up. Dude, they rested Stanton the third day. Well, where was Stanton, where was Stanton supposed to play? DH. So Judge should have been playing right field. Ah, you set me up. Like, that's the thing. Judge needs his half days. And that's why, I mean, it is tough to say that Giancarlo Stanton is a 31-year-old who can only DH. He can't give us 20 games in the outfield. That's why, I mean, I get it. You're trying to get everyone to the regular season healthy. But 
you should have given him a game. You should have given him maybe like three half games in the outfield because in spring training, because then you could have once a week have him out there and you get your 20, 25 games where he could stay in the lineup and Judge gets a half day or Sanchez gets a half day or whatever it is. Yeah, and I try and pride myself on, you know, admitting when I'm wrong and being able to, you know, admit that. And and you were definitely right. Now that I've kind of had a couple of weeks to think about it, it does make more sense, I think, to alternate Judge and Stanton with right field and DH. And, and we talked about it at the end with with having A-Rod. When you have a guy that's just a full-time DH and is eliminated from playing the field, you lose a lot of your flexibility within a lineup. A ton of flexibility. And then you end up in positions where – I mean, in one, like, fail swoop in game one, we had no bench. Like, that's it. We had – if someone got hurt, we would have a, a pitcher playing a position. Yeah, we're very close to that. And part of the reason is we just stack outfielders on our roster. I mean, what are we at? We have six outfielders and one backup middle infielder. So the roster is kind of unbalanced as it, as it is. And then when you throw in Stanton, it's even more unbalanced. But maybe they're solving this a little bit with the Odor trade today. Yeah, so they actually, as we're recording this, they just announced um, Mike King has been sent to the alternate site. You give us six shutouts, we give you a bus ticket. That's your reward. That's you a shuttle. That That's a shuttle life for a week. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of just back to the the Yankees we already had. Judge is struggling. Um. I mean, Hicks is struggling. There's a lot of guys struggling right now. But I was on earlier today, I was on ESPN Syracuse, and they asked me about that. Are you worried? I said, I'm about as worried as a 23-year-old should be looking at their 401k. It's a lot of season. There's a lot of time before any of this matters. And, you know, if you go nuts about it, you're like, well, you know, when they announce the Odor trade is possibly happening, everyone jumps to – Oh, well, Jay Bruce is gone. Then you move DJ over, and now you've got Odor, who statistically lately, you know, that's a worse, like that would be a downgrade. And that's just going off of, well, Bruce only has two hits in four games. He's batting under 200, but he's getting on base at almost a 400 clip. He's drawing walks, which is like a veteran move. So, you know, I don't think things are as bad as everyone makes them out to be for this two and two team with 158 games left. It's not as bad, but I also hate when people are like, oh, it's April. It doesn't matter. Like people will act like, oh, the games in September count twice as much. Like every game counts the same. And when you have two really winnable games uh, that they had Thursday and Sunday and, and you go 0 for 2, like that's frustrating. Like they could easily be 4 and 0 and we're sitting 2 and 2. So I totally get being frustrated. You know, I, I, you know, you want to win every game. I agree with you. Opening day matters as much as September 15th. They're all one game. And when you look at like opening day, you, you get to a certain extent in our heads, you're getting 30 something guaranteed wins when Cole's pitching and you wasted one. Right. But the idea that like, the world is falling apart and we need to trade all these guys. And, you know, we, we need to make big moves. Uh, Boone's got to go off of these four games. Like this is not the time to be changing managers. Water finds its level. Yeah. We're getting a Blue Jays team who came on the road and guess what? That is the end of normalcy for them. That's it. They went on their first road trip. Now you've got to go to, Dundian, I, I always say it wrong. Whatever Dunedin, it's, yeah, Dunedin. Dunedin. Yeah. <laughs> I always, forever, I'm Dundinan. They have to go there. They may have to go to <laughs> Buffalo. The goal is to get back to Toronto. They have three homes this year. They're a young team, and yeah, they were really good last year in a 60 game season. Guess what? We're not playing a college season this year. We're playing a major league baseball season. And it's going to be tough, you know, it's going to be tough for them. 
I do think it's going to be tough for them. I think the frustration more, too, is that it feels like we get off to a poor start every year. Like, I really can't remember the last time that we started, I don't know, five and one or six and two. I feel like, I mean, I remember 2019, they started six and nine and they battled all the way back. But for one year, I would just be nice to get off to like a seven and two or I don't know, a six and three start and kind of start in the driver's seat as opposed to always going from behind the eight ball. We could still get to all the things that you just said. We could. We could get the seven and I mean, we're playing the Blue Jays. That makes you feel right. That's your get right series. I mean, the Orioles, you know, and then we're going to Tampa and it's going to be a fight, but let's go down there and fight. And then we play the Blue Jays again right away. So like, let's get angry. Got to sweep the Orioles. I mean, you got to sweep these Orioles home series. Like there, there can't be any two out of three. Like if they're going to give us these free wins, if the Orioles are going to tank and we get to play them 19 times a year, you got to take advantage. Like to me, it's sweep or bust with them. Yeah. I mean, you got to take the games that. The, the whole, win the games you're supposed to win. And I've said for forever, I mean, we lost that first series. Like, yes, I'd like the, I'd like this sweep, but if we don't sweep the Orioles, I'm okay with it. As long as we just win every series the whole year, you know, win series, you win pennants, you win world series. I've been saying it for forever. And, you know, with the Odor trade, everyone's just totally overreacting. Just like, oh my God, listen, we gave away. A bag of fucking baseballs. No one knows Literally. who the hell we gave away. No one cares. We're paying zero dollars. So technically, our luxury tax, we just went down. Because we're paying zero dollars. Mike King makes the major league minimum. And now he does not count for the whole season against the luxury tax. He, you only It only counts when you're there. So he's not on the 25-man our luxury tax threshold, we just, you know, created space. Some of these trades that Cashman makes with some of these small market teams, I'm like, how the hell did they agree to it? Like, we're not paying a dime. How, how is that possible? Well, I think when it comes down to it, the Rangers were going to get nothing, right? If this went like another day or whatever, he's just a free agent. He could sign anyway, and they still have to pay his entire contract. Versus, and I'm sure other teams were, you know, in play. You know, I'm sure other people made other offers, but I don't know how many people, you know, were really looking to bring in a guy who struggled, who need another backup, you know, middle infielder. And there were all these people who were just like, but we have Dietrich. <laughs> You're talking about guys that aren't in the major leagues. Oh, we have another guy who's not in the major leagues. So if, if Odor comes in here, and I'm sure he's got to get, you know, some reps. Who knows what he's been doing in the last week. And if he's here for a week and he stinks, we made a guy shave. So what? That's fun for me. We made a guy shave his face. Yeah, no, it works for me. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I got a text while we were recording that said Estrada was DFA'd. So I think King is getting sent down for another pitcher. And I think Estrada is going to be the move for Odor. Um, so Odor might start at the alternate site. To be honest, I have no, no idea I what think the it's, hell they're going to do. Estrada's off the 40-man. Okay. Odor gets that spot on the 40-man. King is off the 25. Odor gets that spot on the 25. So King stays on the 40-man. So do we know if Odor is going to the show or if he's, he's going, going to, to the show? Okay. He's a major league baseball player. He has to. Like he doesn't have options. Got it. But okay. So yeah, the, the whole alternate site, 40 man, 25 man, it's, you know, always takes me a few minutes. And like, you know, Wade still has an option. Like we could still send Wade down. Please. Speaking of Wade, what is with this thing in the seventh or eighth inning when they're leading where they move DJ to first? They pull Bruce and they put Wade at second. Like, you are not getting better defensively. If you want to make a defensive substitution, just put Wade at short and take Glaber out if you want to get better. Like, DJ to first, I I don't get it. I mean, DJ's a good fielder. Um, he's, I think, much better at second base than, you know, anyone else that we have. But he's an upgrade over Bruce. I mean, why not, why doesn't Wade just play first base? <laughs> like if you can, I'm saying yeah. defensively. Like if you can play shortstop at the major league level, you can play first base. The same way I said, if we were able to get Lindor, Glaber can learn to play the outfield because you can play shortstop at the major league level. You can play any other position on the field. 
You can, but when I look around at the infield, defensively, Glaber's the weak link. I think he's got at least two errors already through four games. I don't know if he has three. I know he has at least two, whether it's range, whether it's making bad throws. Like, he's been terrible, and me and you have both been on the train of we don't want to sign a big shortstop next next offseason like Glaber's the guy. But if he makes 30 errors this year— you know we're going to be having those conversations. Oh, I'll have that. I'll have that at, at ten errors. What are you kidding me? I'll have that conversation. <laughs> I was ready to put him in the outfield like minutes ago. <laughs> I will. I'll still trade the shit out of Judge. Um, but I mean, we saw in spring training like he made a lot of progress over the off season. You know, he came in in shape, and who knows? Maybe it's early season. You know, yips. You know, first time in front of fans. I'll give you a little bit. It's four games in this season. I know you can't win a World Series in April, but you can lose one. But I don't think at two and two, you're in a position to to lose it. I did see someone tweet about something like someone said something like, "Oh, the Royals could be a shocking team." And I saw like a Royals blog. I don't know how it ended up. I think they were like four games in the season. People are already talking about the Royals being in a possible playoff contention. If your team is not in playoff contention four games in the season, stop supporting that team. You got big problems. I'm surprised there's even um, that you stumbled across a Royals blog on yeah. Twitter. I feel like that'd be pretty hard to stumble across if you weren't seeking it out. <laughs> no, someone like tweeted it. Alex okay. Fuse tweeted it. He's a, a young up and coming sports journalist. Got it. Yeah, I know. I, He's I like no a kid in college. I went on his podcast when he was like 15 years old. He has his own podcast. He'd show up in a suit and tie every time to do it. He got big guests. He got like everybody at ESPN. Um, and now he's in college, like in broadcast school doing it. It's a guy like, you know, just a guy I'm cheering for who, you know, asked me if I would come on his podcast forever ago and does it the right way. And you always say yes. Yeah, pretty much. I did a podcast yesterday about dogs for like an hour and a half. They were like, this is a two-parter. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the Odor thing, you know, everyone's like, well, if you look at his numbers past like four years, I don't give a shit. I don't care what his numbers were. He's a lefty playing in Yankee Stadium, who has hit 30 home runs three times, and he's not Tyler Wade. I'm willing to give him a shot. I'm just – I'm willing to give him a shot. And we lose absolutely nothing if it doesn't work out. Yeah, totally. It's a a lottery ticket. And he punched Jose Batista in the face, who we hate. Dude, poor Jose Batista. I feel bad for him. (laughs) He is just sitting in the Dominican Republic somewhere, just like living his life. And now he's trending on Twitter because he got punched five years ago. And not because it's like, oh, it's the anniversary of it. It's because the guy who punched him was so bad at baseball recently that he got cut being owed $27 million and got picked up for two bags of crap that we sent from wherever the hell our minor league teams are now. Dude, the Rangers had the the picture of him punching Batista in their like farewell tweet. Like that was one of that was in the montage. That was hysterical. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's what he's known for. <laughs> I mean, what else is he known for? Oh, he I know what else he's known for. When he signed this contract that he's in, it was six years, whatever. You know, where it's backloaded. So it was like 47 million or something like that. And now it's all due. He also got two horses. I do remember that. He had two horses in his contract. He's a Venezuelan farmer. He's got like four <laughs> horses down there. He's got like a, a farm that like one of his friends like runs. And when anyone asks about it, he is, they're like, you yeah, know, he's on the horses every day in the off season. Like he's a farmer. He loves it. Him and, so. Cess- him and Cespedes. Yeah, which is not a great like. That's not yeah, who we want him hanging around. But at the same time, for nothing, I don't care. Get thrown off a horse and break your leg. I don't give a shit. Yeah, not nothing to lose with that. I I still want them to acquire somebody that could play short. But this is a step. It's a step. It's something we've been begging for a middle infielder. We kind of got one. Still, rather it be a shortstop, but it's something. What if? Okay, what if we give Odor a little bit, you know, of a chance? He, you know, he plays decently. And then we flip him for someone who can play shortstop. Like he could be, he could be someone's starting second baseman, and we get someone's backup shortstop. You know, it's that all smells just like a Cashman move. Yeah, it's sure. all just pieces. That's all it is. We're just playing. We're playing poker, but we're able to have extra cards that we like move around, or you know, go fit. Or, I don't know, whatever game where you trade cards in and get more. 
Like, that's all it is to me. It's just options. That's all we did today. We took two guys who were never gonna, who were never gonna play in the major leagues for the Yankees. You just gotta assume you're never gonna play in the major leagues if you're still in A ball. And yeah, now we have a guy who's going to put on pinstripes this week. That's an upgrade. It is. It is. And we're all about the 2021 Yankees, not the 2022 Yankees. This would have been like the 2028 Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if that, if, if we have Odor for a week and he gets no hits, guess what? We were still getting no hits out of those other guys too. Yeah. Right, right where we were. And I want to talk about tonight a little bit. Cole makes the start tonight against Baltimore. It, about as big of a layup as you can get, right? Cole going at home against the Orioles. Opening day, he went 5.1 innings. I think he had the eight strikeouts, but he let up two runs. There was a lot of chatter that, you know, did, didn't have his A stuff. I thought he pitched well enough to win the game, but, you know, he didn't get the win. He really needs to go out, I think, tonight and then, you know, seven innings, one run. Well, I think we gave him the put your, te- put the team on your back lineup tonight, too. Yeah, you know, that like that was, hey, great. Like the opening day was nice. No bunting, though. They don't give a shit about you guys. They didn't make it nice for you at all. But, um, yeah, this is just like, hey, here's the lineup. Uh, we need a win. So if you could just go make that happen by yourself. I'm surprised we even have a DH. We didn't just make him hit. <laughs> like with – so – but, I mean, we have – we have a five-run-a-game lineup. Easy. Easy. So just go do that, and we're going to win. You would think. Really hard. I mean, I, I bet the Yankees pretty uh, pretty heavily with a couple of units on the money line tonight just because I can't see a scenario where Cole loses to the Orioles at home. I, I can't, you know, compute that in my head. That would be wild. Yeah, I should probably bet on them. Right, like what's it, what scenario can you see? But yeah, you know, there were people, you know, kind of complaining about the start on, on opening day. He didn't even make it six innings. You know, they ran up a lot of deep counts. He did get to 97 pitches, so you'd think pretty much a full tank tonight up to 105. Yeah. Maybe 108. I mean, it's early in the season. It's the same thing like booing Stanton because he's 0 for 10. So like what? I mean, go nuts. Boo whoever you want. I don't really give a shit, but water's going to find its level. It does. So. You know, and it's not like Cole went out there and gave up. Like, so he gave up two runs. We should have scored three. Like that. At least, man. You know, we had all the opportunity in the world to do it. He did what he had to do to get us a win. He put us in a position to win. Technically not a quality start, but that's kind of a weird, you know, thing. But like, we were in a position to win that game. No, we, we definitely were. Um, but yeah, and then so he'll go tonight. Tyone will make his debut on Wednesday. Really excited to kind of see what he has. It's his first start, I think, since early 19, uh, maybe May of 2019. And then it's off to the Rays. It's off to Tampa. And some of that bad blood is going to be renewed. That's going to be, I think, pretty electric, uh, the Tampa series. I think Yankee fans don't want the Yankees to win baseball games. I think they just want us – to like prize fight every other team. Like all the chatter with like Odor, it was just like, oh, well, that's for the Astro series. That's for the race series. Like we're not here to fight. The best case scenario is that no one throws a baseball at each other to like this whole season. Injuries don't work out for us. I don't want us to lose someone because we start throwing at people's heads. I don't, but fuck the Rays, man. I, I do kind of want to throw at them. I still have a sour taste in my mouth from last year and, and Kevin Cash and all that. And the Yankees clearly haven't forgotten. Well, don't why know. don't we just beat them? That would hurt more. Well, yeah, that would, it would just hurt that would more. Be ideal. Like instead of us losing Chapman for a couple of games and having bragging rights, why don't we win the division? It would be good, and especially beating them at the trap where we – it seems like we're 0 for our last fucking 50. Uh, we never win down there. It would be a huge statement, I think, to go down there, even if it's just taking two out of three yeah. and winning a series against them, shutting them up for a few games. Because, look, right now they have the right to brag. They got to game six of the World Series, and they kicked our ass all year last year. Yeah, and both of their fans have every right to talk all the <laughs> shit that they want. But, yeah, I mean that's my whole thing is like people are still talking about – and I get it, especially in the division – like you see in California, 
They're banging trash cans. They're throwing trash cans on the field. I think throwing the trash cans on the field is stupid. Uh, there was a blow-up trash can. It's like that's like a beach ball that happens. Throwing a physical trash can on the field is stupid and reckless. It delays the game. It's a bad example for kids. Um, in the division, yeah, sure, you know, because you already had a rivalry. But Yankee fans were like, the Astros series, for Odor to beat them up, or like, I can't wait to go to that, like, Tuesday game to boo them. There's like three guys who are on that team that were around, you know, in 2017. So, like, I don't care about the Astros. They're just another mediocre team that we have to beat on the way to the World Series. And probably not even in the playoffs. You can hate them all you want. But I just think it's an overreaction. I think you just want to fight people, Nick. I think you just want to see our guys fight. And we don't have Tyler Ross. Maybe I do. I'm telling you, like, Chapman's going to break his hand on someone. That's my fear. Or he'll go to jail. Chapman will just murder someone. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Um, I know this is kind of your favorite kind of topic when it gets a little political. Yeah. Okay. The All-Star Games moving to Denver. Here's why this stinks. My little sister lives in Denver, and she's moving in June. I would have gone. Uh, like, cause her, like her husband, you know, he ends up going to games and stuff. He's not a Rockies fan, but he knows enough people who, you know, when you don't, when you live in a city without a good team, you get offered tickets all the time. So I probably yeah. could have gotten tickets and all this stuff. And, you know, not that I would have even stayed with them, but it's just like, ah, it's not the same to try to go. I could use this as an excuse, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the all-star game is moving. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a huge deal. Uh, for baseball, because baseball tends to be the last to respond to uh, social justice issues. Um, and I think a big part of that is there is a large amount of – I think even as diverse a sport as it is, there's probably a fair amount of racism uh, from some players. Um, sure. There are – um, we hear, you know, at least like once a year, some, it's normally out of Boston, but we hear about players being called things. Um, yeah. Zach Hampel was <laughs> tweeting on opening day that they were yelling about green cards in the outfield. And then the bleacher creatures went and found them and were like, we are, but it's cool because we're Dominican too. So we could do that. It's like, <laughs> I mean, Zach, I don't know why you're even putting yourself in that, but I'd stay away from that one. So I think it's important because the NFL has moved the Super Bowl over stuff before. The NBA has moved an all-star game over this stuff before. The WNBA has had stuff. And voting rights are very important. And there are people who are like, oh, if you look at it, Colorado's got – no, they don't. Look at the actual facts. They mail everyone a ballot. We want more people to be voting. More people voting is better. Um, so I applaud – Major League Baseball for making this decision, and I think it puts an important thing that we're learning, and I think it really started in the NBA, because, like, Colin Kaepernick kneeled and he lost a job. The NBA, when they say something, the league responds, and I think athletes are recognizing their power and going to use it for good. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're just trying to get more people to vote. Um, Nick hates talking about this stuff, not because he disagrees, <laughs> it's just an uncomfortable thing. So I don't know, Nick, do you have anything you want to add? No, I, I did agree with it uh, for sure. Obviously, I'm not I'm not for voter suppression, so I, I you know it was definitely cool with moving it to Denver. To be honest, the one thing I'm excited about and to steer it back away from political is the home run derby in the altitude is going to be fucking awesome. That was my first thought when it was moved, and then I was also thinking, you know, I was thinking just w- from where we live, you know, Philly Citizens Bank Park is a nice. Park. I thought there was never a had an All Star game. You know, I was like, ooh, like I that'd be cool if it was here. That that was honestly my first thought. All right, so you know when a, if you know a girl and she says like, "Oh, I'm going to get like, oh, I'm going to get a facial," and she means yeah. like you know whatever, like an actual facial, yeah. like a beauty thing. The 13 year old boy in you is just like, <laughs> like you know that happens every time. <laughs> in 1998, the the All Star Game was at Coors Field. They had the home run derby, and they did a whole thing about why. Before the home run derby, why the balls go further, the elevation, whatever. And I'm a 13-year-old boy at the time, and they just kept talking about it. And it's a scientific term. I don't think they're going to use it this year to explain anything. It's the retard effect because the actual word of – like the definition of retard 
is like to slow down or something. So it's like the effect on the ball with the elevation and gravity, the wind and all that stuff. And being a 13 year old who, you know, still probably said that word all the time yeah. was like, Oh, you know, Oh my God. So I, I'm going to, it's going to be interesting how they approach that. That was the first thing I thought of. And it it is such a polar opposite. Like when I think of Colorado, I think of the most probably what maybe the most progressive state. They were the first ones to legalize pot, and you know obviously what you said with the voting and the mail, like they are very progressive. So I definitely do think MLB was trying to send a message. I just selfishly was like, oh man, Philly would be Philly would be good. I was a, the only reason that I'm anti Colorado getting it is because I think you're rewarding a team that is just not trying to win. Yes. You know, oh, for sure. Trevor Story is going to leave. Arenado, you just traded away. So they it does let DJ kind of walk. Reward. Yeah, it does reward kind of bad behavior. Where I think a team like the Phillies, kind of up and coming, and you know, and you know, again, it also has to do with you know populations and where we think COVID will be. Philadelphia yes. is probably much more populated. Yeah. Um, They've been a little more conservative with opening up. So there were all those things to factor in as well. But I was in the same boat. I was like, all right, we, you know, Philly would be nice. Or even, you know, if it could be in the state, you know, uh, Pittsburgh is obviously a beautiful ballpark. Yes, that would have been cool too. And I was thinking, you know, Harper can put on a nice show for the hometown fans. They just built a brand new FanDuel sports book where the old, uh, the old Holiday Inn was, if you ever tailgated, yep. like, an Eagles game or something. So I was like, oh, I just drank party. at the bar in that Holiday Inn a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, do $2 beers. South Philly <laughs> trash. Literally. Yeah. Dude, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I think it'll, I think it'll be cool in Denver. It'll be cool to see the ball fly. I don't want any of our guys doing the derby though. After, you know, Judge did it. I don't want any of our guys in the All-Star game. Get voted yeah, no. in and then have something else come up. Especially not Cole. I don't want him burning a single bullet that doesn't count. You forget, only get so many. Forget even like – I don't want him taking the flight. I don't want – even if he doesn't play, I don't want him taking an extra flight. Go to Cabo or go relax exactly. in California. Or just sit at home. Just go home and just sit there and think. Work on stuff. Um, I mean I think overall, you know, f- a week-ish into the season, like I still feel fine. I think we're still winning the World Series. I think our, I too. you know, I think we've seen, you know, Herman struggled a little bit, but also he just missed a whole year. Like we have a lot yeah. of miss a whole year guys, but he didn't show. It was not like he got knocked around bad. You know, we've pieced together what should be a decent bullpen, uh, sorry, a decent rotation to get us to getting these guys stretched out, adding in Sevy, stretching him out. And Mike King showed us a lot of promise. Like I don't think there, aside from guys who are professionals who we know are are going to break out of this, you know, hitting slump that they're in. Like Aaron Hicks is a career two thirty five hitter. He's not a career O sixty seven hitter though. You know, so let's just give it a little time. It'll get there, and it's early enough in the season that we can still make moves. Yeah, we have time, and you got to be impressed with what Montgomery did. Uh, on Monday night, the six shutout innings. Joe Randazzo, who used to be with Bronx Pinstripes, had a nice tweet where he talked about that was the most change-ups that Montgomery has ever thrown. Like 33% of them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So And then it really worked. I mean, he seems to get better and better as he gets further and further away from Tommy John. If he can pitch like that, we're in business. And it's a big, like, step-up moment. You know, I think we're having a different conversation at one and three. Yes, oh, for sure. You know, oh, we're, I'm panicking if we lose that last night to the Orioles and we're one and three. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think we won in your half panicking. <laughs> I, well, I was pissed that they used Chapman in the ninth. I oh, hate I the that. get the get him work thing. You only have so many bullets, man. But he, I mean, what he threw like twenty something pitches, so he's probably not available tonight. But like, still, he's clearly still working on stuff. Yeah, but I'd rather him be available for tonight. For uh, I know this comes out a different day. I I want him available for Tuesday and Wednesday. Like once you use him Monday, that means you only get him one more time in the series. Like that to me, you're you're handicapping yourself at that point. I just don't see the logic. Just win every game by seven runs. Okay. Then you don't need him. Hit Tampa. another grand slam like Stanton. You got anything else on the Yankees so I can tell you this wild ass story? Nah, man. To be honest, I'm ready for the story. All right. So you lit my world on fire with one picture that you tweeted out. And I'll retweet the uh the picture. So 
in 2013, I started writing for Barstool Sports, right? And I think we can all agree in the Lord's year of 2021, pretty much anyone who is a content person at Barstool Sports is in some level a celebrity. They can't just go to a bar without someone knowing who they are. In 2013, 2014, not the case. Um, but really all there was was KFC and myself in New York. Clem wasn't around yet, but he, he'd come on soon. So there's only a couple of us. There's not all the guys in New York. So if we had an event, I'll, everyone there knows who we are because we would have like events almost every, you know, couple weeks. With that, you meet a lot of weirdos. I mean, I still meet a lot of weirdos just being at Yankee games who will come up to you and sometimes they, they talk to you too uncomfortably. I always compared it to being, uh, it's gotta be what it's like to be a pretty girl. When you walk through the bar, they look at you. Then they have a couple drinks and maybe they'll talk to you. Then they have too many drinks and they'll touch you. <laughs> and that's like kind of how it would work. So through Kevin, I met this guy, John. Uh, John was a somewhat normal guy. He started to hang out with us, came to every event. Um, through him, met a guy, Connor, uh, Connor Crehan, Hosiero Block 30 for Barstool, um, military veteran. So they became like kind of our guys that like, hey, if we were trying to get away from like someone's talking to us too close, not that we're like, you know, superstars, people just get drunk and annoying. So, um, we would hang out with those guys. Uh, John, uh, and Connor got to know them. They got to know my wife, you know, all of, you know, all the regular stuff. You become actual friends. Uh, I'm invited to John's wedding. Uh, John made a ton of friends throughout the, you know, Twitter world there. And so fast forward to February 17th, 2016, my birthday. I get a message from John that says, Hey, happy birthday. Like, Oh dude, thanks. On the 19th, a Friday night, we're doing a bar stool at the Barclays event where it's Nick's Nets. You know, people could buy tickets. We go. Me, Kevin, John, and Connor are all in a group chat figuring out Connor and Kevin live in Hoboken. I'm on the Upper East Side. John lives in Jersey City. Da, da, da. We're, you know, texting, trying to figure out where we're going to meet up. On the 18th, Connor says, hey, have you guys talked to John at all? I said, no, not since yesterday. He goes, well, his Twitter's gone. His Facebook's gone. Like, that's weird. I don't know. Like, I'm sure, who knows, glitch, whatever. So we're trying to figure out, like, kind of what's going on but not losing much sleep. And so Connor texts John's fiance, who's in Florida on vacation with her family. and said, hey, have you heard from him? She goes, actually, I have heard from him. It turns out that John, for the last year and a half, the entire time that I've known him, has not had a job. He has been opening credit cards in my name, his fiance's name, running up tens of thousands of dollars in debt. He's been borrowing money from my family, from my friends, from their husbands, saying that his mom's house is being foreclosed on, telling my parents that his mom has cancer because my mom's beaten cancer three times. So it's like, uh, you know, pulls on the heartstrings, borrowing all this money. And her dad had said, you need to come clean to my daughter about the, the money you've been borrowing us from us. Or when she gets to Florida, I'm going, we're going to sit her down and tell her. And he straight faced drove his fiance to Newark airport. Like everything was normal and then disappeared. So she says, can you guys go to my apartment? And see if my car is there. See if he's there. Like this is very weird. He's not answering me. And like this whole story is so crazy. Like this girl was getting married in like three months. Connor goes and goes knocks on the door. He brings another friend, a military friend. I'm like, dude, I'm not going. This guy might be dead. I, I haven't seen dead people. I can't do this. Knocks, goes to security, goes, hey, here's the thing. Uh, we're just trying to knock on the door, see if he's there. Security goes with, they knock on the door. He's like, yeah, hey, John, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Nothing, no answer at all. Look outside, the car is there. Her car is there. So he's like, all right, so he might be, he literally might be dead inside this thing. Now, this is also going on and starting to blow up in Barstool Twitter at the time. Because he was a key part in Barstool Twitter. Everyone knew him. He had fantasy leagues with all different Barstool fans and all this stuff. 
while they're waiting in the lobby for the cops to come to do a wellness check, Connor happens to walk towards like the front door and the car goes speeding out of the parking lot. So this guy is now gone. If this turns into, we call his phone, it's turned off. Um, we get a message we've never gotten before. Um, like, uh, this person's not taking calls right now. Like, never heard that before. We're trying to find out, like, we're sending him messages, writing him emails, cause we found out that he wrote, like, a suicide note, like, email to his fiance. We're just like, dude, from what we understand, it's like 20 grand, you can come back from this, like, don't kill yourself, all this stuff. What we, what I find out is that Connor also got duped into this and had lent him a thousand dollars. That it was like, oh, I'll write you a check back. That I did, you know, it was a whole to do about like I've got. It's like the Kevin Hart bit. I got to move money from this account to that account, kind of thing. Connor had just cashed a check like a week before, so out of nowhere, he gets a DM from someone we don't know, who's John's sister. Never met her. Hey, have you? I know your friends are my brother. Our phones, like we have a family plan that he pays. Our phones went off. I'm in college. We have no idea what's going on. Connor has to fill him in as to what's going on. Like your brother is now a fugitive of the law right now. Um, he ends up like dropping off the car, finding a way to upstate to his mom's house, coming back on Twitter for like 10 minutes. And everyone is like, dude, what the fuck just happened? Disappears again. Uh, goes back to the apartment to get his stuff like it's a supervised thing gets who comes in has to buzz because he doesn't have keys he had mailed the keys back with his now former fiance they walk in the apartment never say a word he starts gathering stuff cops come and arrest him immediately the sister reaches out to my friend connor is like hey you know like we're kind of struggling with money he said you might bail him out connor's like yo he owes me a thousand dollars and since he disappeared the check just bounced we, I talk to this guy maybe every day for like a year and a half or every other day. Like we all chatted all the time. He later, he pled guilty to all the, the crimes that he did, has to pay restitution and all this stuff, has never responded. It's disappeared from Twitter, from all social media, never responded to any emails anyone sent him. No one I know has set eyes on this person. Until you posted that picture and he was sitting right there in a gray hoodie. I'm talking a person who made up their entire life. At one point during this year and a half that he didn't have a job, he said, hey, someone dropped uh, – a client dropped tickets off at our office for a Yankee game. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like they were in a suite, whatever. And he'd never give me my actual ticket. Like he had printouts. No one drops off printouts in an office. They drop physical tickets. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, I could probably get us moved up. Give me the account number from the tickets. And he would never give me like a clear shot mm -hmm. of it, whatever. Yeah, and then yeah, when, yeah. when we had to go into whatever club it was, he wouldn't give me my ticket. He gave someone else. I noticed his name was on it where it should be account. So like this guy used his fiance's like discover card that he opened in her name to buy tickets to like hang out with me. <laughs> um, would talk about all like bought tickets to like live shows that I did and stuff all like got clawed back. Like I got involved legally in this and Man, no one saw him until you posted that picture. And I tweeted, this kind of looks like J at John frat, which was his handle. And it lit up. I'm on multiple text chains, phone calls, emails, his fiance's ex fiance's sister is like, that's definitely him. Like all these debates, we've all analyzed it. Dude, you took this picture out of nowhere, not thinking anything, not of a person. And it was, I half watched the beginning of opening day because like phone calls, like, because he owes people money trying to track this guy down. And then at the same time you were at Billy's, Keith McPherson was at Billy's. He took a video going down the stairs at Billy's and gets right to where he would have had a closer shot of this guy so I could confirm, and then the video stops. Like, between uh. the two of you, I've looked up every – we like, my group of friends, we've looked up every picture at Billy's that anyone posted tagging Billy's 
Dude, a person who was stealing identities and was not the person that I knew at all was my wife's favorite person of like all my friends. We talked about inviting him to our wedding. Totally disappeared for like five years, for five, more than five years from my life until you posted that picture. I've sent him like five emails that he hasn't answered since. Wow, it's pretty clear shot of him that I took. Yes. Totally accidentally. That's the type of thing if you said, Nick, I'm, I'll give you 10 grand if you can find this guy. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have found him at the game. But of course, I'd stumble into it, take a random picture, and of course, it's him. And of course, it's the first opening day I don't go to in like a decade. Right. And I was supposed to be there with you. Now that I'm looking at him, like he's a pretty distinguishable yes. guy. Yep. Wearing Jordans, his one of his, he was the biggest Jordan collector or whatever. Yeah. Had bought, tweeted all the time about I bought my all my groomsmen Jordans. Oh, can they wear Jordans with this color suit? Da, da, da. When this all happened, we said to his fiance like, "Yo, he owes us some money. Um, what's up with those Jordans?" And she was like, "I'm not on Twitter. I don't know what you're talking about." We're like, you "Used to tweet all the time." And she goes, "None of that ever happened." We were like, when we're trying to find this guy, see if he's dead. We're like, where are his groomsmen? Turned out he had borrowed money from all of them. At the end of this, the girl goes to pawn her engagement ring to pay back like her friends and their husbands that this guy was borrowing money from. Engagement ring, totally fake. Dude, what the fuck? Yeah. So you, I'm assuming you don't know the chick sitting at the table with him here. No. At this point. Okay. No. But like – He's on a date. He's on a little open that, day date. <laughs> dude, it was like – um, the usual suspects and boom, just vanish in thin air and then popped up in that picture. Dude, that is so funny. Yeah. Cause there's really only like this. I'm looking at the picture I took now. He, there's maybe two, there's two people, him and one other guy that you can distinguish in this picture that are like facing my phone. And, and this motherfucker, it, like, it was like seeing a ghost. <laughs> Dude, yeah, imagine, man. I mean, you've known me a little longer than a year and a half. You've met my wife, you know, I have a job and all stuff. But imagine you just found out tomorrow it was all fake and I'm gone. And then you do a podcast in five years and I'm in the background of a picture. Like wild. Dude, you sent my you sent my whole day on a tailspin. I, I feel like there's not a lot of things that could distract you from opening day and this is maybe one of the only ones. Yeah. Maybe like this and one other thing. I sure. told – this story. Now, I just did a quick, like, 10 minute version of it. I spent, like, an hour and a half with Connor, like, retelling this when I had okay. uh, my other podcast. And it was a premium episode that, like, a thousand people signed up to pay for. Um, yeah, wild. Wild, wild, wild. I'm probably going to email him again now after this, now I've talked about it again. Dude, it's the craziest thing that ever happened. Like, a person, everything you know about them being totally fake. Yeah, that's a fucking wild story. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was not expecting that. Like, Dude. Yeah, and I was like, Nick is so focused. Because like a bunch of people interacted with that tweet. Probably more than like you're used to. There were like quote tweets and stuff. Um, people responding to like my quote tweet of it. People responding to other quote tweets of it. And I was like, Nick is so locked in at this game. He's not even wondering. Like why are people interacting with this one tweet I took of Billy's? Yeah, hundred. Yeah, I guess there are 193 likes and 16 retweet it's, comments. It's not for the table. <laughs> it's not because the nice tables at Billy's. Confirm that this guy is John Frannick. Can you ask him for the thousand dollars he owes me? Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm yeah, and that makes sense. That why I wasn't looking. I was so yeah. Two hours before first pitch, definitely was not thinking about this. I mean, I sent you a cryptic test, uh, cryptic text where I just said, "Hey, kind of random. Do you happen to have any other pictures of this guy?" And you're like, "No, what?" Yeah, I was like, "What the hell?" Is I was, he like, I'll, I was like, "I'll tell you later." It's wild. Oh man, I don't think I just year. did. I don't think I did it justice in just telling the story. Now, literally everything I knew about this, it would been in my home, like. All fake. I feel like this is an omen that that happened opening day. This could be a weird, weird year, weird season. Let's take it. The John Frat curse lives on. <laughs> Maybe this is what we need to break our draft. Yeah. Maybe he'll steal a thousand dollars from someone. Dude, crazy. Um. Yeah, I think that's all we got for this week, right? Yeah, man, that was good. Good timing. It's six thirty-two. Cole takes the mound in three minutes. If something so. cat, if at this point you're listening and there's still more show, something catastrophic happened because we got back online. 
we're fucked if there's more than two minutes left. Yes. Yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> um, we've got our first uh, like intern audition. He's uh, been listening in. He's been here on the call. He'll be making some clips for us on social. If you like the clips, he does retweet them, like them. This guy's vying for a job to get some college credit. And eventually, if he's the guy, we'll introduce him. Maybe he'll have a segment. Maybe we'll haze him. Maybe we'll get a hundred clear shots of something. No, no, we won't. You can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbyny. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow show at George's Box Pod. We are going to have more content coming out on Twitter. So follow it, engage with it, like it, love it. We just need more games. We need. I need a good thirty games under my belt so we can really see where the hell this team is. Four games, can't lose any sleep. We're still good. 500, we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.